A matter of hours ago, Howard Parkin was in a plane flying back from New York. This is dedication. <laughs> came back specially, Judith. Came back specially to, to do this programme. He was on a lecture tour and he's come back specially. I said, will you make it in time, Howard? He said, of course I will. <laughs> you must, Howard, be absolutely shattered. Well, I am, but the trouble is now I don't know what time zone I'm in. <laughs> Never know where I am, so... Um... I don't know where I am, so just tell me what I'm meant well, to do. Well, you Point see, me in the right direction. There's, there's a clue on the wall. It says Manx Radio. Oh, it's a bit of a and clue. it's dark outside. And it's dark so, outside, yes. so that's it's night. Oh. And you're in the studio, and we've got a load of things to we talk about. We most certainly have. There's a lot going on at the moment. Well, and I must say, Howard, that I'm, I am so pleased that um, our first foray into podcasting this programme yeah. has been a great success. Wonderful. Because it was the last programme that we did that's that right. I put up as a podcast. And I was really interested to see if people would, as we thought, want to listen to the podcast to absorb all the things because it's, it, the programme is packed with information, oh, isn't it? That's what we plan and, to do. And it, it has worked. Lots of yeah. people downloading it. So well, hello, everybody. I'll just, I'll, remind, I'll just remind people that it's all on our website, manxradio.com. And just look under podcasts and you will find Manx Sky at Night there. And this edition of the programme, I will add to it tomorrow. Well, people so, say I've got a face for radio, so... <laughs> Well, it's it's well. Well, that's the video as well. I hadn't actually gone around oh, to mentioning that yeah. video goes up as well. Your blue right. shirt will come out very nicely. Oh dear, it will. Oh, it'll dear. come out. It'll come out very nicely. Right, Howard. What are the obviously the autumn sky um, is, yes. is, and you're a happy person because the darker sky. Oh, absolutely. Uh, better for it sky. makes it so much better. I mean, tonight coming to the studio tonight, uh, coming along the uh, promenade and uh, up. Battling my way on the promenade, which hasn't changed in two weeks, I must say. Um, and the skies were beautiful and clear. And literally, you would not believe this. I, I don't make these things up. Um, the space station went over at 12 minutes past nine. And um, just before I got to the studio. And so we saw, I saw the space station tonight, which was good because I saw it a few nights ago from the other side of the pond. And so it, it's tracking across here now. It, it's the way the parameters of the orbit go. And it'll be invisible for the next few nights, actually. So we'll talk about that a bit later on. Right, so that's so that's important, and of course you've. I I would like to think that you came back specially for this program. Absolutely, but there Judith. was a little matter of the fact that you are starting night classes. Yes, aren't I am you? next month. Uh, Tuesday, next Tuesday. Yes, first of October, my thirty-fifth year. Would you believe? Thirty-five years I've been teaching at the Isle of Man College. I don't think they allow people to start at five years of age. I don't now, think. Do they? <laughs> oh, thank no. you, Judith. Flashy will get you everywhere. <laughs> Yes, I started in 1985 when Halley's Cart came round. That's why I started doing it. And I've been doing it ever, every year since. And I got an email a few weeks ago to say, yes, there's en enough numbers to, to do the class. So um, we're running on Tuesday, Listen, 12 Howard, weeks. Howard, I hate to do this to you. Don't bang on the desk, will uh, you, please? Oh, right, sorry. It's hurting my ears. <laughs> <laughs> I've keep myself awake, you see, Judy. That's no, it's it it's all right. I've, I've this long stick that I've got that'll, that'll, keep, <laughs> that'll keep you awake. 
So um, if people would like to join you for the evening yes. classes, what do they do? Just need to get in touch with the college, um, the University College of Man, as it's called now, at Homefield Road. Get in touch with Claire, who takes all the bookings and everything else. And I'll see you on Tuesday night. We, we run for 12 weeks between now and Easter. We deliberately spread it out so we get to look at different parts of the sky for different months. If we did them all before Christmas, you'd only see the winter sky. So we go right through till, um, I think, the last class is the end of uh, March. Right. And presumably, um, if they go on up to the website, there'll be a website oh, yes. for the I'm University sure College and there. they'll be able to, to enrol yes, there. Yes, enrol on website or whatever. And it's it's very, yeah, I'm delighted to say, I say 35 years I've been doing it. So it's it's good Great. fun and I like to share my, my interest in it. And obviously, um, other people can learn about it. And inspire other people. Oh. Right. So that's that's a nice thing to do on the, on the winter's nights, the approaching winter's nights. Right. So the this the Andromeda Galaxy. Yes. Now this is something that this this is the best time of the year to see an object that is two and a half million light years away. You can see it with your own naked eyes. You don't need telescopes. You don't need teles- uh, binoculars. You can see it with your naked eye. It's not difficult to find, but you need to know where to look. And if anyone knows the stars at all, we have the square of Pegasus, which is one of our fabulous autumn constellations. It's a real square in the sky, four stars making up this lovely square. And it's upright from that. And it's a faint fuzzy blob. Us astronomers love, as I've said before, the faint fuzzy blobs in the sky. And this is one of them. If you know the constellation of Cassiopeia, which is a W shape, or an M, which which time of the year it is, the, the, um, the right-hand V of the W points like an arrow, towards the Andromeda Galaxy. So seriously, get a pair of binoculars and just look down that path from the V of um, Cassiopeia and uh, you'll come to this fuzzy patch in the sky. And that fuzzy patch in the sky was only discovered to be another galaxy in 1921 by Edwin Hubble. And when he realised that that was another galaxy over the now Milky Way, the universe grew from one galaxy, the Milky Way, to two. And now there are billions and billions billions of galaxies. So it was a major discovery by Edwin Hubble, which is why he's so revered. And of course, they named the Hubble Space Telescope after him. But this is the wonderful thing. There is no end to what can be learned and no. be discovered. It's it's an endless subject. It is. There's so much. And uh, you, you're always learning, literally, every time I, I pick up something or read something or get a magazine or I'll meet someone on one of the ships I'm on and they'll tell me something that I didn't know about that. And uh, you look into it and it's just, I'm like a sponge. I just love absorbing it, but hopefully giving it out as well to make other people realise that, you know, there's so much to think about and there's so much to, to be in awe of, really. And actually, sometimes research will disprove something that you believed before. Very much, very much. I mean, that's one of the big questions they get. People talk about the Big Bang and the origins of the universe and all this sort of stuff. And I avoid talking about what I would call modern theories. I I tend to concentrate on the established, the ones that have stood the test of time, as it were, like the Big Bang Theory and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and There's a new theory about a bouncing universe, which I only read the other day, about the universe comes into being and bounces, and that's what the dark energy and the missing mass of the universe I'm far too complicated to even think about at this time of night. But this is a new theory someone's come up with. And the big thing is, and I, I say this all the time, whenever I'm talking to whoever I'm talking to, be it children, be it adults, or whoever, It's observational evidence. What you see with your eyes, you interpret. It might be a piece of computer paper. It might be through a telescope. It might be looking up with your naked eye. We interpret what we see and come up with a theory. And someone else will say, well, that's a good idea, but I think it's wrong. I think it's this. And that's what's happened throughout time throughout history of mankind. Uh, We've looked at the skies and we've come up with explanations and then 
things get changed and it's just the same today and uh, hopefully it'll continue for many more years to come. I, I'm pretty confident that it will, but it so. all, the bottom line always is never lose sight of the beauty of it Absolutely. in trying to work out yeah. what something is or what it might be. I mean, tonight when I was driving over a few hours ago and it, it was it was still light... And the clouds were absolutely mm. amazing. The cloud yes, formation was coming over the mountain, and yeah. the clouds were, were stunning. Yeah. You and know. It changes, as you say. We can take all the pictures. The famous example I give of that was two things. There's the aurora, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I went to see an eclipse years ago, 2006. A few of us went from the Isle of Man to see the eclipse. And we spent more time taking photographs than enjoying it. So when I went to the next one, fortunately, last, uh, two years ago now, I made a point. Yes, I did take a couple of pictures, but just enjoy the moment. And that's what it's about. You don't need to know what the stars are. You don't need to know what you're looking at. Just enjoy it, because on a really cold, crisp, frosty night, the sky is unbelievable from the Isle of Man. And even with the best photographs, they don't capture what you can no, just see with the naked eye. No, they don't capture anything like it. So all. what should we be looking at? In the, you, you mentioned aurora. Yeah, um, because that's something that's very exciting. This is the best, well, one of the best times of the year to see the aurora is the, the, the two equinoxes. The two equinoxes, we have the one in March, we have the one in September. And aurora tends to concentrate around that sort of time. And indeed, I was very fortunate. Um, people kept asking me, could they see the aurora was on the ship, literally a couple of weeks ago. And then... Um, I was on deck with them all, trying to show them the features of the night sky, and they weren't interested. They all wanted to see the aurora. And uh, fortunately, well, unfortunately, about 50 or even 100 people disappeared because I couldn't show them the aurora. You know what happened, don't you? It came out. Next morning, I'm saying to everybody, did you see the aurora last night? No, you told us it wasn't visible, so we went back downstairs. Sorry, you've got to be patient. And, you know, we saw the aurora, and it was it was only a little bit of aurora. It was on the northern horizon. We were up near Iceland, actually. But we saw it. But what made it fascinating, there was clouds in front of it. So the clouds were backlit by the aurora. It was phenomenal. It was really, really good. Not a huge amount of aurora, because we were too far south for it. But we can see that from the Isle of Man. Don't be put off by me telling you that it's only visible on the northern horizon. Uh, we can see aurora quite clearly from the Isle of Man on more than one occasion. And if we get an auroral alert, uh, which you can find out on the internet, just put aurora alerts into your computer and you'll get these forecasts from Lancaster University actually do it. And then um, if you get a, an alert, um, go and see if you can see any aurora. And it's a great time of the month because there's no moon at the moment. The moon is new um, in a few days' time. So uh, this is probably the best week to look for it. If we get a clear northern horizon, have a look, and if you see something in the sky that doesn't look right, watch closely, and you'll see it'll start to move or pulsate. It'll be mainly white. The green is what the camera sees. The human eye sees it more white at these sort of latitudes. But uh, it's well worth a look, and uh, lots of people spend a fortune to go and see the aurora from wherever they can see it from, and we can see it from our back door here in the Isle of Man. So it is just as simple as, as looking for mm. aurora alert. Yeah. Aurora, Aurora UK alert. Aurora UK is based at Lancaster University, and they'll tell you when you are likely to see an aurora. From it's normally Scotland, but occasionally when it peaks, there's a, a way of forecasting it, which I won't go into now. But you forecast the aurora um, activity, auroral activity, and if it's high enough, then um, they'll tell you it might be visible from Northern Ireland. That's always a good clue. If you can see it from Northern Ireland, we can almost pretty well see it from the Isle of Man as well. Because we've got a great northern horizon anywhere from the point of there right down to Neabal. Um, great northern horizon. And if you live in Douglas or Ronkin, go to the veranda. That's where I go and watch it from if I get the chance. Well worth looking out for. Right. So so that's so that's that. Um, Jupiter and Saturn. 
Yes. You, you, um, you, you're saying that, that we should be looking out for those? Yes, well, Jupiter is unmistakable in the southwestern sky, literally, just as I came into the studio now, literally as I was uh, literally parking the car and coming into the uh, studio, um, Jupiter was unmistakable, very, very bright in the southwest. Can't mistake it. And not far from it, much fainter, but to the left of it, is a much fainter bright star, if you know what I'm saying, and that's the planet Saturn. And Saturn and Jupiter are the only planets visible we've got in the sky at the moment. But Jupiter is like a beacon. You can't miss it. And it'll be with us for quite a few more months' time. But then in a few weeks' time, literally at the end of October, uh, the planet Venus will be rising in the evening sky and we'll be seeing that like a beacon over Peel between now and probably next February, March time. Really? As long as, as, yeah, long as that? It takes that long to go around the sun. So obviously and we're going around the sun as well. So it rises in our sky and then, and then goes down again. It rises and then sets again as we get the different uh, distance of Venus uh, tracking away from the sun. Let's take a little break for our music. And okay. uh, you've, you've chosen uh, a track that I really like, but it's particularly appropriate. Well, we're talking tonight. about the Aurora Borealis. It's the best time, or one of the best two times of year to see it. So who better to talk about it or sing it to it about it for us but Renaissance and their song Northern Lights. Thank you. 
It is a great track and I hate to fade it, but we've got lots of things to talk about, Howard. So. This is the September edition of the Manx Sky at Night. I'm in the studio with Howard Parkin. We are talking about all the things that are going to be visible in the Manx Sky in the coming weeks. And the International Space Station mm. is back in our skies. It is indeed, and it's in the news as well because they've got nine people on board at the moment. It usually has a crew of six. They have what they call expedition of, of three, and they overlap each other. There's always three up, three down, and so on. So there's usually six. But a new mission of three went up um, literally last Wednesday. So there's actually nine people on board at the moment. Must be pretty crowded it's, up pretty there. Crowded up there, yes. I think they'll be living on board the Soyuz. I think I don't know. Mm. But uh, yes, and it's visible in our evening skies at the moment, right through now till next Tuesday. It's going to be progressively visible once or maybe twice uh, a night. In fact, tomorrow night it's visible at uh, 8.24, due south in the sky. You can't miss it. I said how bright Jupiter is. This is brighter than Jupiter. You can't mistake it. Just about 25 past 8 tomorrow night, go outside. You can set your clock by it. And then it's going to be visible at 2 minutes to 10 as well. Uh, but it won't rise very far that time. Well, it will rise, but it'll go into what we call eclipse. It'll go into the Earth's shadow. And as a result, we'll only see it for a few minutes. But uh, that's in the west, southwest part of the sky. And then, to start my night school class nicely, I thought 7.35 on Tuesday, I'll take them all outside and show them the space station going over. If the sky's clear. <laughs> well, well, this is this is always it. But it would be a great way to start. And I just think that um, I've I've only managed to see it a couple of times, um, but but once when I was out walking and I and I just stood there absolutely mesmerised, mm. um, because thanks to you I knew what it was that I was looking at, and it is breathtaking to think of people living and Actually working living and working up in that there. space up there yeah, yeah. looking down on the earth and the, all yeah. the beauty of it and they, they see some fantastic sights and uh, I'm sure there's such lovely people when we had them over here in 2012 mm. they're just lovely people to meet up and chat to and uh, mm. they're passionate about what they do yeah and uh, they've seen sights that you and I can only dream about yeah I, interesting I heard somebody say just a, a week or so ago um, how do you know what somebody is passionate about and of course, the this question was asked to a group of people, and they said, "It's what you spend your money on." And the the man who was leading this said, "No, it isn't." No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't he says, "He says it's what you talk about mm. in the first half hour of your conversation." Yeah. Because if you're passionate about some subject, you can't you stop want to, talking you want about to share it. it. It might be yeah. golf. It might what, be sports. Exactly. It might be astronomy. It might be music. Whatever. Yeah. You know, but but that's, but that's, somehow that's it's good, always yeah. it's always in your mind, yeah. and it will come out in your conversation. So. I think I think we know we know where where, where your heart lies, don't we, Howard? <laughs> I think so. Right. Okay. So um, the the space station uh, we we should we should be looking out for that. Yeah. Again, if people want to know, I mean, I can give you the times and that now, but it would just be a litany of dates and times. Yeah. There's a website called Heavens Above. Mm-hmm. Go onto the Heavens Above website. Um, it'll ask you to log on. It's free. Um, you log on. You register. And then it'll ask you, do you want to use your home location, which is Douglas or Ramsey or Onkin or wherever you live, and it'll be set for you and it'll tell you everything you want to know about the space station and indeed anything to do with astronomy. So um, that's worth a, a good tip, heavensabove.com. Heavensabove.com, yeah, it's a good starting point, I would say, but with all of these things, you need somebody to help you interpret what it what yeah. it is that you're looking at. It, well, just, it's straightforward. I mean, it really can't be more simple because you, 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 you register, you log on and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it'll put, send you to Douglas or wherever you say your home is, and then you just click on the, you'll see a list of things you can spot. Click on the ISS and it'll give you a chart and say the exact date and time. You can see it. It really is dead easy. Heavensabove.com. That's the one. And then... 
drop us a, an email or a text and let us know what it is you've Absolutely, been looking at. Absolutely, yeah. This is because uh, we, we we really must get around to a little bit of live stargazing, mustn't we? I think we must. I, I have a plan. Must. I have a plan. <laughs> Leave it with me. Uh, I have a plan. OK, what's in the news? What do we need to be knowing well, about? there's so much in the news at the moment. I literally can't keep up with it because I try to keep abreast of what's going on, especially as I'm leading up to doing my classes and doing my lectures as well. And there's about four or five really good stories, really good, meaty stories one of these is is the, is the last one on our list I gave you earlier, Judith, is the James Webb Telescope, which is the successor to the Hubble Space Telescope. Um, it was meant to cost a billion dollars and it was meant to be launched in 2007. It's still on the ground. It's launching in 21 and it's up to 9.66 billion. Ooh. But it's such a huge project. They finally, the three main parts of this spacecraft, there's the, the telescope, there's the sun shield to protect it from the light from the sun interfering with the observations, and there's the actual spacecraft that's being used to carry everything. Uh, they finally put it all together at the end of last month, and uh, they're all very excited now because they've got it all together, they've got it all installed in a place called Goddard in uh, Maryland in America. And they're now doing some more final testing with it before they ship it to French Guiana, where it'll be launched in March 2021 at the moment. But as I say, it's been put back from 2007 to 2021, so mm. don't hold your breath. But when it gets launched, thankfully or hopefully it all goes well, it'll be um, breathtaking, the results and the images we'll get from that as well. It's a, it's a tremendous display. I mean, you, you, you expect a delay. It, it's hard to be precise about these Very kind much. of things. But has that been a funding issue or a technology well, issue? Well, there have been a few times where they've, they've almost said, look, enough's enough, scrap it. And, of course, the big outcry when you've spent five billion so far, you, you can't scrap it now, waste it. So um, it is looking likely that it'll be launched in the next few years now. They've actually got it assembled, as I say. But it's had horrendous difficulties. But I, like every astronomer on the planet, will be praying we don't have anything like the problems they had with the Hubble when they launched the Hubble Space Telescope, which was a PR disaster because, of course, it had a, a wrongly designed mirror. And uh, they had to go and fix it, which they did, thankfully, and the results have been breathtaking. But uh, I just pray for this project, which is massive. It's got an eight and a half. The Hubble Space Telescope mirror is, um, I think it's two metres, two metres, I think. This is eight and a half metres. So it's huge. It's a big, massive mirror, which is all folded up and all mm. sorts of weird and wonderful things. Mm. So an engineer's dream, but a, an astronomer's nightmare if it doesn't work. Well, yes, but it's you, you can only dare to imagine what you might learn from well, this it. Is it. So, I mean, we've learned so much from Hubble that this is, as I say, it's the next yeah. step. So here's hoping that despite yeah. all the delays... We'll and be that talking the, about that, I'm sure, over the next few I months. think James yeah. Webb is a name to remember. James Webb Space Telescope. James, J-W-S-T. Yeah, space is... Um, yeah, that one, I think, is probably going to stay on our list for a good while. I think so. Right. So uh, what else have you got As is us? the next one, which Go is on. only... I mean, I'm doing this in reverse order of what I gave you earlier. Um, yesterday, uh, Elon Musk of SpaceX um, showed us all his pictures of his brand-new Starhopper spacecraft the one that's actually going to take off vertically and come back vertically to Mars, to the moon and all over the place. And they've finally built a full-scale version of this, which they hope to actually fly on, not into orbit, but just into into the Earth's atmosphere and back again. Um, by the end of this year, they say, they did it in September. It was early, late, early September or late August. They actually flew one, literally. They literally hopped it. That's why it's called the Star Hopper. It takes off and then lands. It's it's Dan Dare stuff, for those who can remember Dan Dare. He had these wonderful silver spaceships with legs on. Well, it's one of them. 
And it's 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 in Texas at the moment. And it was shown to the the press and the media yesterday, last night actually. It was on the news, and uh, that's a very exciting uh, development. And uh, Elon Musk is is determined to get it all sorted out, and um, he wants to send a, some Japanese um, gentleman has spent a fortune, I think two and a half million dollars or something like that. He's going to go to the moon and back in 2022. Mm. He hadn't asked yeah. me to go with him. <laughs> no, well, I tell you what, Howard, I tell you what, um, we'll let him go first and see how it goes. OK. And then we'll put you down for the second would you expedition. Sure you would cover my travel expenses, do you think? I think that's probably... Pushing a, it b- Yeah, I think that might be doubtful. Okay. I couldn't... Uh, to be honest with you, I think actually... It's a bit like Chris's Spitfire fund, actually. I think we should have a... But he's hour. got £4.26 in that oh, already, you see. He? He's oh, got the march on you. I think you oh, need to get a bit of crowdfunding going, Howard. I think I'll pinch his Spitfire money. Don't tell him. <laughs> crowdfunding. That's, that's the way the forward. That's the answer, isn't it? Get Howard to the moon. Yeah, that's what we yeah, do. Yeah, but I want to come back. But, Before uh, people say he's not coming back, I'm coming back. Well, that's right, yeah. But it's, um, again, it's going to be a fascinating thing to, yeah. to watch. Because, um, it, yeah. Another story with SpaceX is they're hoping to launch their first manned Dragon spacecraft uh, by the end of this year. If I'm a betting man, I think it'll get push, pushed back to January, February time. But they did a big test of something last week, and they're now looking at uh, hoping... They're still saying they're planning to launch it um, no earlier than mid-November. And this is the first launch of Americans from American soil on an American rocket. Um, and that is literally months away rather than years away. And so watch this space and we'll see where we get with that. Yeah, it's great. Just as long as, and I'm probably being unduly pessimistic here, we don't want to start a kind of a war where people are trying to just, they're desperate to be the first one to do this and do this at the expense of some kind of, um, not safety. I'm not suggesting that safety will be compromised, but it's really, I mean, it is such an unknown. It is is a risky business. You think of the power involved on these things. Yeah. I must confess, last night I was... um, Sitting on an aeroplane, flying home, and uh, I spotted Apollo Eleven was on the, um, the the TV on the aircraft, and I watched it. You know, I I loved it. I just it was it was the, the documentary film on Apollo Eleven. It was great. But you watch that rocket taking off, and you read the power, and you're harnessing that rocket to send people into space, and it's just the same. It is a risky business, and uh, mm. I have every. Um, I think the people who do it are very, very brave. They and, are. Uh, they they yeah. really are um, yeah. um, pioneers, um, the early ones, and indeed the ones that go today. But never forget there's risks. And uh, yeah. sadly, sometimes things do go wrong, but hopefully that's why it's taking so long to get it sorted out. Yeah, which is the best way, rather than the, the to become want to be the first country to do this or that, or, yeah. you know, it's better to be... To be to to be driven by the safety aspects of it. You know the it? nine people on the space station at the moment. One of them is the first ever United Arab Emirates astronaut. Really? The United Arab Emirates have just launched a guy on the um, the Soyuz rocket mm. that went up to the space station last Wednesday, and he's the first Emirati astronaut. Well, there we are. You see, there's there's something there's something new. There's some there's even steps forward like mm, that are very significant, like that, aren't know, they? That's a big thing for the country. How do we've got to watch the time? One one more thing that's that's a verse. Mm. Well, Tell one me. more thing. There's lots of other news stories I could talk to you about, but one that really is interesting is that we discovered about three years ago an object flying through the solar system, which we realised was a comet, or we thought was a comet, and we realised it has not come from our solar system. It's come from outside of our solar system. This one was called Umau Mau, a lovely name, a Hawaiian for traveller from afar. And now a chap called Borisov has discovered... That's no, no, no... Um, 
no connection with the other Boris, which we won't talk about. But this astronomer called Borisov spotted this object, and it's another interstellar object. And it's very exciting because it's proving that these, these bits of material, leftovers from the universe's origins and all this sort of stuff, are actually travelling through our solar system. So if we are able to detect them, this is the second one now, it won't be long before we're planning a mission to go to one of these and collect some material from it and, and examine it in the laboratory. And who knows what, what that'll tell us. All fascinating stuff. It is fascinating. And and as I'm ending the programme just as we started it. The more you know, the more you realise you don't know. Absolutely right. Theories change, new discoveries mm. are made. It's a All fascinating subject. Well, yeah. I hope uh, the listeners think the same way and keep listening and watching, of course. And Howard Parkin will be back in the studio on the final Sunday of the month of October. Another look at the Manx sky and the world of space. Howard, thank you very much My indeed. Pleasure. The Nation Station, Manx.